Welcome to Career View. This is the podcast where we ask questions students want to know when it comes to pursuing a career path. I'm your host, Nirujit Shamal, and each episode I will ask questions on behalf of students across the country from secondary schools and universities what they want to know when it comes to pursuing their dream job. For this episode, we'll be asking our top questions that have been submitted by students on our Career View website who are aspiring to become psychologists. Now, to answer some very, very intriguing questions, we have 26-year-old provisional psychologist Stephanie DiGiovanni, who is currently working in a private practice with children, teenagers, and their families. Steph's focus is on childhood development and mental health disorders, and her role demands her completing a variety of different tasks. So, let's hear from her. Okay, Steph, it is great to have you here today. Um, absolute pleasure. How's everything going? Yes, it's good. Thanks for having me, Yuri. No, it's great. It's great. And before we get into our questions uh, asked by students, first thing we want to know and first thing I want to know from yourself is, did you always want to become a psychologist? Uh, was this always the passion for yourself? And yeah, can you share us your honest thoughts? No, I never wanted to be a psychologist in... Um, high school, I was, I had a lot of pressure from my parents to become an engineer or a doctor or a lawyer. And I come from a family of engineers. Um, they're very logical. Um, and it was year 11 where I was flunking maths and I hated maths and I was going, I can't be an engineer. So I went to the, uh, a career person in high school and, um, she said, what do you like? And I said, I really love Criminal Minds. So Criminal Minds, the TV <laughs> yeah, show. The TV show, um, which is about um, yeah people in the police profiling um, like criminals. And so I said, well, if I like Criminal Minds, um, I might want to be a criminal profiler. So I'll just do psychology. And then when I came back and told my family that I wanted to do psychology, they were not very impressed. But I'm really glad that I did pursue it in the end. And I'm glad that I started watching Criminal Minds. That's amazing. So just watching a TV show and, yeah. and I guess being not so passionate about maths and, and being more passionate about actually people and how people work. Yeah. So going, well, I guess I like going out and I'm extroverted and I'm outgoing. So Absolutely. Yeah. Not very interesting. So jumping into our question, Steph, uh, the first one, the first question that we have for yourself is what options did you consider when it came to selecting a university to study psychology? Yeah, personally, some of the options were geographically being close to, I went to Curtin University and I lived about a five minute walk from there. And a lot of my friends were also going there at the time. So I wanted to be close to them. I didn't have um, any other friends going to different universities. And I also really liked the culture at Curtin. So Curtin's very progressive and um, more relaxed atmosphere, which attracted me at the time. And did you consider any other options in terms of universities? Did you look at anything else um, apart from the culture and your friends going there? Was there anything else that you considered specifically from Curtin being your option? I, lo I did look into a bit of how long it takes um, like the university course because I didn't want to be there for too long. So um, looking into Murdoch, ECU, UWA, Curtin and having I had a look at um, how long the course would be because I didn't want to be there for too long. And Curtin just provided a very clear four-year course, you're in and yeah. then you're done after the end of the four years, yeah? Yeah, um, and I know 
UWA, when I had a look into it, there was a lot of postgrad and research and I was more interested in the theoretical, practical side of things rather than the research side. So I thought, okay, well, Curtin seems more um, in and out and you get the skills that you need. Excellent. Not really interesting there, Steph. Um, Next question that we have for yourself is what's the best combination for a double major? Well, at Curtin, um, you didn't really need to do a double major. So a lot of people in my course also did HR and that was an option that was provided. Um, But outside of HR, there wasn't any other options. And yeah, I know a lot of people enjoyed doing a double major of HR and psychology because it gave them two options at the end of their degrees. But why HR? What was so special about that in your opinion? Well, HR is quite similar to psychology because you're working with people um, but it's more about um, yeah businesses so working for a company with people rather than doing therapy it's it's not therapy but it's still working with people and HR has a lot of options because all companies need HR workers so there's an abundance of jobs out there in HR so a lot of people would do psychology or would do the four-year psychology degree and then fall back on HR if um, if they wanted having that extra and having that as an option. Next question that we have for yourself is how intense is the study during your university degree? How did you find it? How was your experience? My experience in the first couple of years, the workload wasn't too intense. Um, And then similar to high school, it gets harder as you go up the years. So when I, in the third, fourth year of university, it was very intense. So it was I was, um, the third, fourth year was really intense. So there was long hours at, um, in the library, um, being really caffeinated all the time, drinking lots of mothers, doing all-nighters. Um, yeah. Full on. Full on to say the least. So years one and two being more or less you could balance it and you can have a bit of a social life. But then as, as high school is, as you progress, years three and four, just unbearable to an extent. But how unbearable was it? Was it still manageable? Could you still have a social life in your final year or was it just you had to sit down and study? So when you um, get into yeah year three and four, there wasn't much of a social life for me. So I, that was, I guess, the year of 21st and I wasn't really going to many 21st. I was skipping a lot of them because I had to just put my head down and grind and do work. So I was missing out a lot of fun but I guess you get that in the I had that in the first part of uni fair enough in terms of the workload we got a lot of surveys from students stating about the workload and there is a common common perception that studying psychology is difficult there is a lot Mm -hmm. of hours involved there's a lot of studies a lot of assignment research work that is difficult yeah and I will add to that um in the third fourth year it's very intense because you're in your fourth year you're doing a research project so you're doing um a thesis so you're doing your subjects and your work but behind all that you're also doing research that's not important for teens no but it is because you're doing a lot more in-depth analysis of specific areas where you need to fully immerse yourself right yeah Steph, next question that we have for yourself is what should i already know before going into this pathway I When I started psychology, I didn't know about the competition. So it's a really popular undergrad degree. I think there was 200 people in my cohort when I started. And of those 200, to get into master's, which is what you need to become a psychologist, they only take 30 people. So it 
kind of felt a bit like the Hunger Games in a way throughout my undergrad. Um, Everyone was competing with each other and that's why the third and fourth year is such a grind because there's that competition to get in. So I wish that I knew more about the pathways, more about the competition and I spoke to a career advisor or spoke to other psychologists to learn about the different pathways because they don't really tell you that when you first start your degree. It's what you learn from people around you. Very valuable insights there. And I think being aware of it is only going to help in terms of your mm. you know, progression moving forward in whatever field that is. Excellent. So next question that we have, Steph, for yourself is studying general psychology within high school, is that sufficient for a university course in terms of having the knowledge? Yeah. So when I was in high school, we didn't have psychology as an option for a subject. Um, so you learn all the basics with psychology in that first year. So you don't really need to do the subject in high school. And I do know from a lot of people in my course who did psychology as a subject in high school, they were saying the first year of psychology at uni is the exact same as the year 11, 12 sort of content. So it was really cruisy for them. They didn't really need to study as much as other people. I would say English is something that's... um, really important to do because there is a lot of report writing and there's a lot of research in um, university. So downpacking those skills in high school really set me up for the workload in university. In the workload in university. So you don't need psychology. I mean, you didn't even have the option of studying yeah. it. Um, you don't, there's no prerequisites for it. Um, no, no prerequisites. Excellent. So the next question that we have for yourself is how many hours do you work in a week? I'm currently working quite a few hours, to be honest. So I'm working between eight to 10 hours every day. Um, I do know that when you first start off, there is, yeah, there's more to it because you're learning everything and you're absorbing it all and you're trying to get your head around it. So when I do look at more of the senior psychologists at my practice, they're only doing eight hours and coming in and out and they don't need to prepare as much. But when you're first starting off, yeah, it takes a bit of time, especially there's a lot of reports. So like, I'm doing court reports and letters to psychiatrists and doctors and psychology reports and that um, kind of take that home with you at times if you don't get it done at work. But the more you do it, um, when you get older, or more experience. It definitely helps, right? Yeah. You get you get more used to it as well. Do you, do you take work with you on the weekends? I, I do take quite a bit of work with me over the weekend. I think a couple months ago I was working on my whole Sunday just doing reports for the court and it it comes in waves. So now that work's settled down a bit more, I'm not bringing any work home. So I have my Saturday, Sunday completely free for leisure. Excellent. It does fluctuate sometimes just based on the schedule. Next question that we have for you, Steph, is what kind of pay can you expect in this field of work? When you're starting off for, I guess you're ranging around... $80,000. If you, there are lots of different options with psychology. So you can um, be endorsed in different fields. And if you have more endorsements, your pay, you get paid more. So for me, I'm just a general psychologist. So I'm starting around 80, and that will probably jump to like 100. Um, for more experienced psychologists, so who have been in the industry for a long time and have had lots of endorsements. Um, they can sometimes range between 150 to 200, but you're not really looking beyond 200. And 
I guess something important um, or something really cool that I've started to notice and we're all talking about now is because mental health is such a big thing at the moment, um, psychologists are in high demand. So pay has been starting to go up quite a bit and because there's not many psychs out there, you can really negotiate with your company to keep you on board and start pushing higher numbers, which is pretty cool. Yeah, interesting. Mm. And um, okay, pay, pay is very sensitive, very subjective. Um, but for yourself right now in your lifestyle, how does that work with you? For me, yeah, for me personally, um, I think the pay is perfect and it's fine. If I did really value like more monetary sort of things like a nice house and really nice clothes and um, I probably, yeah, wouldn't be able to do all that. Do so, all that, yeah. yeah. Okay, all right. So right now it meets it's, your requirements, but yeah. Yeah, and also just reflecting on, I guess, different areas, like if you have a partner that can support you or if you have really supportive parents, but if you're, um, yeah, really independent and you're just doing things on your own, I found personally, because I am quite independent, mm. um, but that's a very valuable insight there from yourself. Uh, final question that we have for you, Steph, is what is difficult about the job? I guess the most difficult part of the job is it, it does impact on your social life in a way. So constantly socialising um, at work and talking to people, it is exhausting. Um, I am an extrovert, so I get off by talking to people. It fills my batteries, but... I've noticed um, start becoming a psychologist, it, it kind of drains my batteries towards the day, so I don't have time for um, socialising as much as I used to do. Um, another difficult part is kind of turning off your brain um, on your weekends and also when people say, oh, you're a psychologist, you're psychoanalyzing me, you, you're, you're literally <laughs> a psychoanalyzing everyone you're talking to, so you're picking apart everything they're saying and um, everything has a meaning and you're like looking at their body language and it's kind of exhausting. It just takes from just talking like whack with a friend and it's it's difficult to switch your brain off. It kind of feels like a gear sometimes. Mm. So um, when you're noticing that you're starting to psychoanalyze someone, yeah. you kind of have to change the manual and try to turn it off. Mm. But I've spoken to um, a lot of older psychologists and they've told me that you get really good at it and you get better yeah. at doing that as you get older but I'm still learning it's still starting off at this yeah. at this stage in your career it's, it feels like a lot but there is hope at the end of the tunnel right yeah exactly yeah very interesting Steph and I just want to say that wraps up all our questions that we have for you today for our listeners who have more questions for Steph and who, that did not feature on our list today and would like to connect just visit our website careerview.com.au this is where you'll find Steph's profile and you can email her with more questions and I'm sure she's happy to answer some more of your questions that you may have and with every episode please don't forget to submit your questions um, to any industry professional just before we end off today I just want to say any final words of advice to aspiring psychologists who want to enter this field my advice would be if you love people and you love psychology to do psychology um, and if when you go into, into uni, have fun for the first two years because you know your 18 to 20 year old days are really fun. That's where you should make your mistakes and learn from them and then the last two years of uni really grind and that's also quite fun um, and psychoanalyzing people as an adult isn't a bad thing. I said that it it's really draining, but it's actually really cool and it's really fun. Um, and you learn a lot about yourself and about the people that you love around you. So, Steph, the <laughs> there it is, Steph. No, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. So, thanks for joining us today.